there's a saying that goes that if you treat your business as a hobby, it's going to cost you like a hobby. Mm-hmm. But if you treat it as a business, it's going to pay you like a business. And so I, I highly, highly recommend for folks who are looking to get into the space to get educated on the front end. You're going to spend the money anyway. I yep. promise you, you will. Oh, you're going to yeah. lose, you're gonna, you're gonna lose <laughs> in the business. <laughs> or you might as well just get just, 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 just invest in your education and, and put yourself in a position that whoever you resonate with to go bigger, better, faster on the front end. And not only does that put you in a better position faster, but you'll be able to 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 really spread your wings even faster. So uh, so yeah, I, that you know I'm, I'm really really big on that. Perfect. What's up, everybody? It's Jamel Gibbs. Welcome to another podcast episode. This is the Business and Investing Podcast, where you learn all things business and investing related. Today, we're going to talk to a special guest about what it's like to be a rentalpreneur. As you can see right there on his hat, my man TJ <laughs> Tajani is crushing it in the short-term rental space. What's going on, my man? What's going on? What's going on? I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. I gotta get you. I gotta get you some drip, man. I gotta get you some entrepreneur drip. I got you. Oh, I need that, man. Yeah, hey, man. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, bro? Fantastic. Well, for me, um, I'm uh, TJ Tajani. I'm out here in Houston, Texas, and I, you know, I've been doing real estate since 2014. Uh, officially got into the short-term rental space specifically in 2017, and it has been a life-changing journey for me. I uh, my background's in engineering. I studied mechanical engineering and mathematics, and uh, worked in the oil and gas industry. Thought I was gonna be the you know the king CEO right up the corporate ladder. You know, uh, engineer guy. Uh, that's what I thought I was going to be. Because be graduated from engineering school, being the first in my family, is, it was a huge accomplishment. And, um, you know, but about a year into it, I realized that I didn't hate it. You know what I'm saying? To be honest, I didn't necessarily hate it. It gave me some good, good opportunity to bring in great income, meet a lot of people. I traveled a lot. Um, but in the traveling, you know, even though I didn't spend a lot of time home, um, I had some good experiences at the same time. So I didn't necessarily hate it. I just knew one for me. And when a friend of mine, one of my frat brothers, turned me on to the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I uh, I read it twice uh, when I was working offshore in one of my, one of my stints working offshore. Um, and then I decided a light bulb went on. I said, you know what? I want to own some assets. That's what I want to do. I want to, I want to own assets. So I started off doing buy and hold investing. And then I got into wholesaling and got into doing fix and flips as well. And I got into some creative deals. I was wholesaling sub two deals. And, um, then I found a short-term rental strategy shortly after I left my full-time position. And then when I, it was a no brainer for me, for me, when I saw, that when I launched that first property, when I had those two bookings the very next day, I said, wow, even if I'm half the month occupied, even if I'm 50% occupied, I am still looking to double what I would if I was to put a traditional long-term tenant in this property. And so for me, it was a no-brainer. And then I decided to sink my teeth into the strategy and started at one, and now we're here. And um, two things were very important to me transitioning to the strategy for one income, right? I was making good income as an engineer mm-hmm. and I wanted to at minimum match that income so I can maintain my lifestyle. Second thing was time freedom. Again, I was gone a lot traveling. I was working on the rigs, working offshore, taking um, international gigs as well. 
And so I wanted to reclaim my time. <laughs> I wanted my time back. And so um, one of the things I, that I appreciate so much about what I do within a short-term mental space is the fact that I was able to achieve both of those things in under a year, um, create that time freedom, build a systems, build a team to where I'm able to work on my business as an entrepreneur. And and I was a, we were able to blow by that income goal um, in a short period of time as well. So that's why, I mean, for me, this strategy was a no-brainer. And, and I think the most fulfilling thing now that I do is show other people how to get to the short-term rental bag. That's where se. it's at, man. That's where it's at. And you know, you, you mentioned yeah. a couple of interesting points, but I was sitting here taking down some notes. So basically, you started off doing the traditional real estate investing, right? You would agree with me that uh, short-term rentals are kind of outside of the, the scope of what people think traditional real estate investing is. So- were you still working your job while you were doing a traditional real estate investing? Yes. When I was doing a traditional real estate investing, yes, I 100% was still working a full-time job. And, and you're right. The short-term rental space is kind of more so unconventional in terms of tr- compared to traditional, traditional real estate investing. If you were to tell me that, hey, TJ, you see that house over there? I'm netting like two grand a month, three grand a month from that house. And I don't even own it. I'll look at you like you're crazy. That is not traditional real estate investing standard. <laughs> that is not what goes on. I would say, how, Sway? How is that even possible? <laughs> so uh, one of the ways that, uh, one of the reasons why I love this strategy is that you don't have to own the asset. You don't have to own it. You can cash flow from it and you can provide amazing value to a landlord by still um, getting their rent paid on time, taking care of the property, and but you're cash flowing as well uh, because you're, you've, you've, you've created a turnkey product with that property, and now you're able to rent it out on a nightly basis over a monthly basis and, ter- and charge more for it and cash flow from that difference uh, with what you're paying in rent. So uh, for me, I am both what you consider a landlord host, meaning I own some of my short-term rentals, but I'm also doing rental arbitrage. This is you being the middleman. This is you um, uh, uh, own, uh, controlling without owning. You might also hear it called rent to rent. So I do that as well, where we're renting this property and cash flowing from them as well. So my portfolio consists of both sides. So I'm burning both ends of the candle. Got you, man. So uh, obviously, you know, it took you some time to, to leave your job. Did you discover that you didn't have to work a job once you started the short-term rental space? Like how long did it take for you to do that? So here's the thing. And to be quite honest with you, I, I didn't want to leave my job at that time. Um, I was investing in real estate on the side while I was an engineer. Uh, my goal was to, you know what? I want to get to 10 rental properties. 10, if I can get 10 single family houses, I'll walk away from the job because I'll be able to, to, to get that income, that passive income. And I'm still going to be wholesaling. I'm still going to be doing, you know, sub twos. I'm still going to be doing all that. So that was the goal. I would just want to do real estate. I want to get my rental properties because at the end of the day, if your passive income exceeds your expenses, then you're in really good shape. Yeah, <laughs> you're considered you're, wealthy at that point. You're considered man. wealthy at that point, right? You're in pretty good shape. So um, to be honest, I was there even when I left my full-time job. Cause for me, when the oil and gas market took a dip, they said that, Hey, we can move you to a QA position, um, but it would be half your salary or you can take the severance package. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to go all into this real estate thing. It's premature, not initially what I planned, but I'm just going to go all in. And uh, I had five rentals instead of 10. I was halfway there, but I took the severance and I went all in and it was not easy. It was so, not- let, so, so, so let me ask you this, man. How long did it take for you to get to the 10? So here's the thing. <laughs> I uh, found short-term rentals 
after I had already left my full time position, mm. because when I left, I was just going to keep doing what I was doing with the long term rentals and all that. Um, I got to 10 rather quickly that next year I was already at 10 because you had uh, this, the time to be able to now we have time. the time <laughs> right yep. now we have the time yeah matter of fact my very first short-term rental was one that I owned mm. and I still own it still doing numbers to this day so yeah started off that way got to the 10 the very next year I believe and uh yeah I'm excited I just closed a 13 unit multifamily so we're, nice. we're, we're on and up for me it's up there <laughs> congrats man I just hopped into Appreciate some big time multi-units now man I'm I'm looking for 100 units or more. My, I nice. just set a goal for myself. I'm 40 now. Uh, I want to have 5,000 units before I'm 50. Fantastic. So I love that's it. Kinda, that's kind of where I'm going with it, man. Love so you it. mentioned it wasn't easy. Uh, mm. What did you mean by that? Oh, man. Listen, it, it, it wasn't easy in a sense that, uh, for one, both from a technical perspective in the short-term rental game, because when I got into the game, I wasn't necessarily educated. I just like, oh, you know what? I saw a video about Airbnb. I said, you know what? I stayed in the Airbnb one time. Um, don't know much about it, but uh, okay, this makes sense. This makes sense. And I just fixed up this property. And at the time, the property was a property I was planning on adding to my landlord long-term tenant portfolio. But then I decided when I saw that video on short-term mails, I said, you know what? Let me uh, let me try it on this particular property and see what it do. Mm. And so I tried it on that property. And that's when that I had that experience that I mentioned earlier. And so I got into the game uneducated, though. I didn't necessarily know how to add systems. I didn't necessarily know how to build a team. I didn't necessarily know how to communicate effectively with landlords to get the yes and how to position myself to, to show them how much value I'm actually bringing them as a short-term rental investor to work with them so we can pick up more arbitrage units. I struggled with it. Matter of fact, I was laughed at once by a landlord. Like, what? Get out of my face with that. <laughs> but it was just because I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, yeah, it, was, it wasn't easy. It was a huge learning curve um, for sure. You know, I was just I was just telling my, my wife this. I work out a lot. So we got a gym right on the other side of this wall here nice. in, in the other room. Right. So um, I was just telling my wife while I was working out, I said, you know, a lot of people want the fast way out of things, but you really don't get the benefit when there's a fast way. Like mm -hmm. if you want to. And I was telling her a story about how when I got my braces put on, mm -hmm. the dentist said I'll always have a gap if or I'll always have space in my teeth if I don't learn how to. Uh, keep my tongue at the center of my mouth, right? Mm. Then he said, if I don't practice keeping my tongue at the center of my mouth, my, my tongue is going to always push up against my front teeth. So he said, I'm going to put these braces on, but if you don't fix your tongue positioning, you're always going to come back to me and spend more money. So then it's the same thing with people want implants and stuff like that. They want to mm. suck body fat out rather mm. than working for it and understanding basically practicing the habit of not doing it yep. to continue benefiting yourself. Um, the immediate fix almost doesn't work. So yep. you almost have to do exactly what you did. You stepped out, you practiced it, right? You figured it out. And then over time, you know, you become great at it, right? You become Absolutely. the rentalpreneur, right? Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Yeah. You'll be laughed at. You'll be, you, you know, you might not have all the education up front, but that's the problem. Most people don't want to step outside of their comfort zone and take that first step and then take another step yep. and another step, which leads them yep. to becoming great. You don't become great by sitting there and looking at videos all day long nope. and seeing other people do it. Right. Nope. Absolutely. So just wanted to touch on that, man. So yeah. the, the arbitrage space is obviously one of the hottest spaces 
period. No matter what industry you're in, you have Toro, right? You can literally rent out your car. It's an arbitrage uh, play, right? Arbitrage peer space too. (laughs) Exactly, man. Exactly. So looking at the arbitrage space, man, can anybody just getting started, you know, figure this out? Like not even having the right systems and processes in place right off the bat. So, so yeah, you can, you can figure it out by not having the right system of processes in place, but I'm telling you something, the short-term rental game is one of those spaces that if you don't necessarily know what you're doing is going to cost you mm. because essentially you're, you're, you're treating the business as a hobby. And there's a saying that goes that if you treat your business as a hobby, it's going to cost you like a hobby. Mm. But if you treat it as a business, it's going to pay you like a business. And so I, I highly, highly recommend for folks who are looking to get into the space to get educated on the front end. You're going to spend the money anyway. I yep. promise you, you will. You're oh, going yeah. to lose. You're going to, you're going to lose <laughs> in the business <laughs> or it might as well just get just, 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 just invest in your education and, and put yourself in a position that whoever you resonate with to go bigger, better, faster on the front end. And not only does that put you in a better position faster, but you'll be able to 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 really spread your wings even faster. So um, so yeah, I, that you know I'm I'm really really big on that. And to even circle back to something you said earlier that reminded me, I think a lot of a lot of times folks feel like they they have to know everything to get started. Mm. Now I want you educated, but I don't want you to turn into king youtube and have this analysis paralysis like take action at the end of the day matter of fact you don't have to know everything to get started you just got to know enough to get started you know what i mean so yeah just wanted to add that in there as well that's it man and you do have a program which we'll we'll talk about that um towards the end of the podcast i'm going to make sure i link link it in the description box if you guys want to check it out if you want a step-by-step system on how to make this work definitely check out uh, TJ's uh, program. You want to if you want to step into the short-term rental space, learn from somebody that's actually in the short-term rental space. That's common sense. Absolutely, right? that's doing so, it real. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. So let me ask you this, bro. Um, small towns. Do you do you recommend? I, I know you're in Houston. There's millions of people in Houston, right? Would you recommend utilizing this arbitrage method or even? You know, if you know, just a short term rental space in general in a smaller town. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think what people should realize is that there's even a lot of opportunity and income opportunity, even in the small towns, um, Mm. because wherever there's a demand for short term stays, um, there's a demand for you there. And what's what, what what Airbnb, that's one thing that's 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 great about Airbnb. And I like to tell people I'm not in the Airbnb business. <laughs> okay. I'm not in there because Airbnbs is is just a platform, right? Mm-hmm. It's just one of the many platforms that's out there. We are in a short-term rental game. We're providing, we're you can even call it consider yourself a corporate housing company, right? But mm-hmm. Airbnb is just one of just like there's booking, there's Expedia, there's I mean, there's a lot of other platforms that's out there. Just Airbnb is what's the most known. So when people look at me, oh, TJ's the Airbnb guy, I embrace trust me i appreciate it i love it i embrace it but at the end of the day it's not the business i'm in you know what i mean so i like to kind of let people know that but one of the things that i love about airbnb that it has done it has it has shown 
the kind of opportunities that there actually is in small towns like that, right? And for 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 folks who are kind of like, man, will this work? Even you know, in my in my area, listen, yes, one hundred percent, it can and it will. What is the reason why people will come there in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. One of the biggest questions that you have to ask yourself in the space is, who are you serving? Who exactly is that guest avatar? And trust me, the most successful host are ones that tailor their units specifically for their guest avatar, not somebody who just set up a unit and just, well, you know, whoever want to come can come. There's a reason why um, orthopedic surgeons make more money than general surgeons. Because when you get into, when you get into the niches, there's even more opportunity to make money. Mm -hmm. If you're serving business travelers, you should have a workstation in your unit, right? A desk, even if you have, you even if you want to take it a step further, provide maybe an option to get a printer in there. You know, if you're if you're uh, if you're serving families, it'd probably be a good idea to have a pack and play in there, so people don't have to travel with it and highlight it, let people see it. So that that gives you the edge now. That way, they're like, okay, we ain't got a pack, we ain't got to carry that. Okay, they already got it there. We good. Guess what that does? Now you're standing out a little bit. You know what I mean? Yep. So there's opportunities even in smaller markets. I like to tell people if you're in a market, especially and uh, this kind of in a way excludes like the beach because there's like the beach you can do vacation prize the beachy areas the mountain areas or it can be in a metropolitan urban area you know in a city um so if you're in a city or in a small town even and you're like you know will this work well is there a hotel within a few miles from you because understand that hotels aren't just there by happenstance they've already put in the money into the market research to to, to confirm the demand for short-term stays in that particular area so understand, okay, there's a hotel within a few miles from me. Okay, there has to be a demand here. They've mm-hmm. they've already put the money in to do the research. So so yes, understand there's opportunity. And on top of that, there's data you can look into. There's Air DNA. Um, Air DNA, there's you can look into that to to find out to pull comps and find out the kind of income other short-term rental properties in in that particular area you're interested in are bringing in. Um, from a monthly perspective, yearly perspective. And you can also, if you don't want to pay for that research, you can go do it, do it the freeway. Just go on the platform as a traveler. Look at the map view. Look at look at the listings in that particular area. Or what kind of activity? How many listings are in that area? And sometimes not having a lot of listings can be a good thing, not necessarily a bad thing. You know what I mean? So Look at the listing, see what they're charging, see how far out is booked, right? Look at what their, are their prices fluctuating or is it stagnant? Because these platforms love fluctuating prices, dynamic pricing, because they view you as an attentive host. So uh, look at look look at all that and then look at those numbers and that will give you a, an even uh, confirm the demand and also the type of income to expect within that particular market. Love it, man. And one thing that you that you mentioned that, that stood out to me pretty heavy was basically becoming a specialist in what you do, right? When you're a specialist, you command higher prices, absolutely. Right? Versus trying to do everything, right? Absolutely. So if you're, you know, you took on the role of becoming the rentalpreneur, are you currently focusing on regular rentals as well, or is your primary focus on the short-term rental space at the moment? Oh, the primary focus is definitely on the short-term rental space. Now, do I have some traditional rentals still? Yes, I do. But guess what? These are traditional rentals because of one, the location of it is uh, of it because of these are properties that I've purchased well before I got into the short-term rental space. Mm. And a lot of them, um, I have tenants in them that are just phenomenal. They've been in there. They still make sure their rent were paid even during COVID. Um, yeah. So they were, they're amazing. I have no intention of, of, of moving them. 
So I still have a few traditional rentals, but now nah, the, the everything now, I'm very, very strategic now at a point from where I'm purchasing properties because I'm only purchasing properties in areas that make sense for short-term rentals. So yeah. So, so what's the plan with the 13 unit you just purchased? So with that one, we are definitely converting that to a boutique hotel. So we're nice. going to we're going to brand it. We're going to make it a whole a whole shebang. We're going to gut it. It's a multifamily, but we're doing a full gut remodel on it. Pure value add play. Um, and we're going to convert every single one of those units to short term rentals. And we're going to uh, everything's going to be fully automated. No desk area. There's no front desk. It's going to be self-serve boutique style. Very nice, modern, clean, super nice. Um, you know, and you'll be able to, you know, guests can check in and check out, park on their own. It's going to be fully secured. It's going to be fully gated. It's really, really going to be really nice. I'm still thinking of a name, by the way. I haven't come up with a name for it, but yeah, we're converting it to all every single one of those units to short-term rentals for sure. I stayed in a hotel in, uh, Asheville, um, with my wife a couple months ago. We just went away for the weekend and it was more of a, a boutique style hotel. Nice. Um, but I noticed that the Hilton Hotel was the owner of this boutique. I can't remember the name of the hotel, but it was really, really nice, man. Had the boutique feel to it. Nice restaurant downstairs and everything. So nice. I could see the larger hotel space, uh, the hotel operators are starting to go that boutique route. So I think that's a power move on your behalf too, man. Oh, man, that's amazing. That's definitely amazing. Definitely, definitely, bro. There's a lot. Uh, you, you mentioned value add. Now, obviously, mm -hmm. you and I, we're in a real estate space. But for those of you who don't understand what value add is, it could be any. You, you know what? Let me have TJ. Uh, <laughs> let me have TJ explain that. Yeah. So value add plays these, you know, you, you could buy you could purchase a property. Say, say for example, and I'll give you uh, concrete examples. The very first rental property that I purchased this in 2014 was a turnkey property. Didn't need any work. Was new matter of fact, the investor had the, the owner had replaced the roof, um, the flooring, new HVAC, everything was spank and span. And I came, I did a conventional loan, came to the closing table with 20% down. And my uh 20% down bought it for 92000 I bought 20% down with title uh title fee, I think came out for like 24 grand. I said, all right, bet 24 grand, purchased the house. And um, within two weeks, I had a tenant. Literally, the day I closed on it, I put a for rent sign in front of it. And within two days, I had a flock of people. And I, I took my time to, to, to pick my very first one. Um, and then I had a tenant in it within two weeks, which, by the way, turned out to be a nightmare tenant. That's a whole nother story. My very first rental property. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. <laughs> this real estate world is fun, ain't it? Like, it's, it's just it is, a lot, man. you know, it's, it's things that can happen. So, oh, yeah. Uh, so that is an example of a that that is an example of a turnkey property, right? Didn't need to put any work into it. Had to rent it out within two weeks. Boom, good and done. Now take my very first Airbnb for example. This was what we could like to consider a value add play. I bought the property for one hundred fifteen thousand. Needed everything. <laughs> needed a lot of work. It didn't look good. It was it was in bad shape. It was what we like to consider an ugly house. But then yeah. we added value to it. Value add play, quote unquote by rehabbing the property and increasing the value that's 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 another key part of considering it a value at play now we've incre increased the value of the property and um and so now uh because we add a value not of not a values up on the property and now we're able to rent it out to a, a traditional tenant or a short-term rental tenant in my in my case a short-term rental structured as a short-term rental in my case so so yeah those are what we like to consider but that's just from a single family perspective well, the yeah. same thing applies to a multi-family perspective Multi, yep 
Exactly, man. And just for clarification, you guys, uh, if you're still kind of confused on what a value <laughs> add is, it's basically a property that needs some work. It needs some work. Or, it? <laughs> or it's being poorly managed. It doesn't yep. necessarily need to have work, right? Yep. Uh, like when I'm looking for commercial units, um, at the end of the day, it could be poor. It could be in great shape, but be poorly managed. Yep. Or we could we we can go in and see that we can raise the rents two hundred dollars. Maybe there's low rents. There's a lot anywhere. Right we can, yep. Maybe it's an add on. Now I was talking to Onaje. You know Onaje, right? Oh yeah, Onaje. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was talking to him. He was on my podcast uh, just a, a little over a month ago. I want to say uh, maybe a little longer than that, but he was telling me. He saw value adding, adding a laundry area. Absolutely. That's what I was about to say, too. You know, and then he ended up adding uh, uh, um, vending machines there and just things like that. You know what I mean? Wherever you could, you you see that you can uh, make improvement to bring in more income for the property. That's a total value add play. Those are the opportunities that you guys need to be looking for. Now, with that being said, are you purchasing properties that need work? Or like when you're doing an arbitrage play, are you looking for properties that are in decent shape already? Like what, what's the play there? Oh, now when you do arbitrage, I don't I do not do any work when it comes to arbitrage. That property needs to be in mint condition. All I'm coming in to do is furnish it. And in order for me to furnish, it needs to be ready to be furnished. Right. <laughs> so we're coming in, furnishing that property needs to be in good condition, needs to be ready to go. And um, so, yeah, we're not where the value add is for the ones that we own, the ones right. I like, the ones I buy for my portfolio. I like to buy it. And I love doing value add plays because, for one, um, I'm able to buy these properties at a deep discount. And for two, um, I am able to leverage other people's money to do the deal. And if you do it right on the front end, because at the end of the day, it does not matter what real estate strategy you do, what exit strategy you do, whether you fix and flip it, whether you wholesale it, whether you short term rental it. You make your money when you buy it. It depends on how you purchase the property. So um, I love value add plays because I'm able to buy them right and capture equity instantly. I'm able to buy it right and use other people's money to do the deal. That's right, man. Let me add to that too. You make your money when you buy and hold it, right? Because yeah, the minute you sell the asset, it's gone. Your, your profit it's is gone. That's true though. Right? <laughs> that's true. Absolutely. I agree with that. You got to hold on to that thing sometimes. You yep, know? That's right. That's right, I man. Sold, I haven't sold a, I haven't sold my a property in over two years. I'm holding on to everything. Nice. nice, man. So most people they look at the the short term rental space and they think that it you know it's a whole different world, right? So did it take a mindset shift for you to start doing it when when you did? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it took a mindset shift for one because um, one of the one of the things that I had to shift my mindset to. Is, is systems. And mm. a lot of times, sometimes the way we're conditions and growing up, it's like, man, it's, your, it's yours. It's your baby. Do everything yeah. yourself. Like you, mm-hmm. you know, you the CEO, you do everything. Yeah. Nah, that ain't the move. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> when I, I had to, I had to shift my mindset on that and, and, and systems and, and automation and, and doing deals and bringing in partners and, and, you know, being able to leverage other people's experiences to get things done. And so um, that required a mindset shift. And yeah. when I realized that that is what it's going to take for me to actually be an entrepreneur or a rentapreneur. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Uh, so, yeah, I had to make that mindset shift for sure. Sounds good, man. And what obstacle would you say you faced uh, throughout your years as, as being a rentapreneur? Man, well, when I first got into the game, um, I... I, I got in and I was and I set up that first unit and I was just going. Um, but where I lacked was 
I, I was uneducated, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily know how to build systems. I didn't know which systems I needed and when I needed them. I didn't necessarily know how to have that conversation with landlords in order to get them to say yes to me so I can partner with them. I didn't know how to not stay off my phone consistently messaging guests and consistently messaging um, uh, people that want to stay and guests and, and Airbnb and, and all that. Um, I, I was not educated on that. And so I went through a lot of hurdles, went through some mistakes as a result. And then I got educated. <laughs> you know, I, I learned that, okay, you are supposed to use leverage technology. You're supposed to leverage a team, you know, and, and this is what you need to say. You're not supposed to, you know, you're not supposed to say Airbnb when you talk to landlords, because at the end of the day, even though that's one of the platforms you use, that's not the business you in. And Airbnb, as much as we love it, has a negative tone to it because as soon as they hear Airbnb, they hear about all the things in the news. They hear about, you know, uh, articles that they've probably read about a party or something. And so when you mentioned that, you're already putting yourself in last place. Your job, and I had to learn how, how, how much I needed to be able to speak to the pain points of a landlord especially since I was one myself. Mm. So when I got educated, I said, wow, it makes sense. Duh. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, I, you know, speaking to the pain points of a landlord, being able to show them how much value you actually are to them. And I think for me, when I was in the space, I was always getting into talking to landlords from a place of scarcity. So when people ask me, is there anything that you would do differently? Man, I would, I would have, I would not have been scared from the jump from the front end. I would have understood and I would have gotten educated a whole lot sooner to understand the kind of value that I really bring to a landlord. We're renting your property. Not only are we renting your property and solving a problem for you, but we're doing it as the perfect tenant. Nobody's going to take care of this property the way we're going to take care of it. You're going to get your rent paid on time and it's going to be fully automated. Matter of fact, we're going to handle maintenance for you up to $200. Up to $200, we handle the maintenance. Anything above that will oversee the entire process. We can leverage our contracts to get it done. If you want to use yours, we can do that. I will oversee it and we'll just invoice you for it. This is how we insure it. We're actually going to add you as an additional insurer to make sure that you're covered and we're covered. And this is how, and this is, look, the property has to show just like this for every person that checks in. So ain't nobody going to take care of it the way we're going to take care of it. That's right. As a matter of fact, we would like to actually run it for two years because I know that vacancy is a pain point as well. So we actually can take it off your hand for two years if, if, if you allow that. So, and so understanding the mindset that shift that has to occur that, look, we are actually provide like we are actually the perfect tenant for these landlords and so now when i talk to landlords it's like look it's your it's in your best interest to work with me if you don't if you don't want to that sucks for you to be quite honest with you so, so <laughs> that's the mentality now going into it and ever since that mindset changed and and i came up uh, uh, uh understood that um came above that hurdle then i mean it, it's crazy how things switched like literally with the, like quickly and how i was able to pick up arbitrage units fast with that awesome. mindset. Yeah, that's great, man. You know, and, and you mentioned a couple of key things that, you know, I took note of, you know, for me, when I first started, there wasn't a lot of education out there. So I kind of had to jump out to the pack of wolves and learn my way through this business, right? These days, you have a lot of education. Yep. You know, both of us, we have programs on this stuff, right? Yep. Do you think it's better to, uh, you, you mentioned earlier, someone laughed at you, right? Do you think it's, it's better to be laughed at by a landlord and never take a, uh, uh, and take that first step than to never take the first step and get to where you want to go and learn the process along the way. Like what, what, what are your thoughts on that? 
That's that's a really good question. That's a really good question. And I think that you can I, I really do think that you can get there either way. I just think that the path would be totally different and there's a better way to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer because you're going to pay for it regardless. Like you're going to pay for it regardless. So I think that getting educated on the front end is the best way to go because you'll be able to skyrocket your experience from the front end. You'll be able to go bigger, better, faster than you would have done on your own. And even though, yes, education is an investment, but it's an investment. But yeah. if you make that mistake without getting educated, now that's just a cost. Yeah. Most people, <laughs> and you know what's so funny about that, man? Most people don't look at education as an investment. They look at mm. it as I'm dishing out this money. Yeah. And most people who think that way have the intentions of investing the money. They're probably going to ask for a refund back because they didn't intend on doing anything with it exactly. anyway. Exactly. You know what very I mean? True. <laughs> very, very true. That's the sad truth, man. But absolutely. You know, it is what it is. It really Quick is. question for you, man. What's the turnaround uh, for a deal from lead to deal? Like how many leads mm-hmm. does it take for for you to be able to get a deal? Uh, that's a good question. So. I would say, um, you know, I remember when I was getting going and uh, I spoke to somebody who who was doing this business at a high level. And I said, man, I'm talking, if, you know, how many, you know, how many times I got to talk to these different landlords to, to, to get a yes mm-hmm. from them? He was like, well, how many units do you want in six months? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I mean, I want 12 in six months. And he said, OK, if I told you that every seventh landlord will tell you yes. How many people do you need to talk to? Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. He said, you see what I'm saying? He said, well, now, now get to work, <laughs> get to work. But, but it didn't take seven, right? But I, uh, it, 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 it didn't take that at all. But I love the fact that he told me that because it, it takes, it, it, it takes consistency. It That's really it. does. But you realize that even after you get that first one, it's crazy how easy the, 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 the other ones come in. But I like to tell people, and I'm not gonna lie, I, and I don't, know, I don't know if this is a shameless plug, but I have. I have went through so much in terms of mistakes, <laughs> talking to landlords, and I've done it right so many times. And it took me time to really develop the perfect script. Mm-hmm. Right now in our program, our students are seeing a 50% success rate with our scripts. That's every other, that's about every other landlord you talk to will tell wow. you yes, because of how well our scripts speak to their pain points and how well and how well it really positions you as an expert in this business. So, yeah, it really so it really depends on how educated you are. <laughs> That's excellent, man. And and again, we're going to talk about the program in just a moment. It's going to be in a, a a link in the description box. I want you guys to definitely check that out uh, because we're we're definitely trying to create more entrepreneurs out there. Absolutely. So, so quick question, man, if we had to pro- provide our listeners with a three to five step process to get started mm-hmm. in the short term rental space, yeah. what would those three to five steps look like for you? Good, good. So I'll say for one, for folks who want to want to get into the space, hey, TJ, I want to get into the space and I want to do rental arbitrage. Well, do you have an entity? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, we're not renting these properties under our personal names. We're not putting ourselves with, we're not exposing ourselves to that kind of liability because whether you like it or not, you're providing a service and in doing so, people can sue you for that. So you want to make sure that you do it the right way from a corporate perspective and treat it like a business. Remember, if you treat it like a hobby, it's going to cost you as one. And using your personal name could definitely cost you big time. Um, so for one, so get, get, your, get your entity going. Um, so for, that's, that's, that's just to pop it off. First thing, get your entity going for one. Um, secondly, 
um, I would say go on go on one of the sites. It could be Zillow. It could be uh, OfferPad, wherever the case may be. And look up, look at landlords, right? Look up landlords that are probably have properties listed for at least 30 days and um, because they'll be more motivated and call them. When you call them, you're not selling them on the phone. Your chances mm-hmm. of working with them skyrockets by threefold if you're able to put eyes on the property yourself and position yourself face to face. So um, we're not we're not selling them over the phone. We're setting the appointment over the phone. That's all we're doing. We're setting the appointment. We're confirmed that hey, this is a property I'm interested. In. This is an area I'm interested in. The pictures look great. Uh, I will. I think this would be a good candidate to do short term rentals out of. We call, see if it's available. Set the appointment. Go look at it. Then you go into the script because what's going to happen when you get there, they're going to be asking you questions like every landlord does. And I do as well. Hey, so do you have a family? Um, how long do you want to do the lease? You know, where do you work? Are you are you moving? Are you I mean, the qualifying questions that any landlord would ask somebody that wants to rent their property. And that's when you want to also ask questions. Right. So what's um, in your job when you ask the questions, by the way, is to get a good idea of what their experience has been like as a landlord, because you're about mm-hmm. to be the perfect tenant. So you want to, you want to know what's your experience like being as a landlord? Um, you know, um, how long, you know, did you, did you used to live here or has this always been an investment property? You know, things like that you want to ask them. And then you get into the script and then you just, you know, they, they, they have the conversation essentially. Then you start having a conversation about what you do, who you are, who you serve, how you do it. And, how the property is going to be insured. Then you get into the whole nine and speak to their pain points. And, uh, and that's going to uh, get you in a, put you in a good position and work with them and get the yes. Cause if you do it right, they'll be intrigued by what you got to say. That's right, man. So that, that's your step-by-step process. Get, yep. get an entity set up. I have a video on that. I'll be sure to link it up at the top for you guys. Uh, then go to Zillow offer pad, go to these different websites, look for landlords uh, that has been on the market for at least 30 days and set up an appointment to actually see the property, then close them um, while you're there. While you're there. That's Absolutely. your three-step process, guys. Three-step process. And then after that, you know, you start looking for your tenants. You 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 market, well, your short-term tenants, you market this yeah. property. You know, one one quick tidbit that I could add to it, you know, um, in a short-term rental space, what we like to do is maybe, you know, if we have someone coming in, we'll throw a, a, a little cheap bottle of champagne mm-hmm. on the table for them. Little things like that, that yep. will go a long way in uh, having people want to return to your properties yep. as well. When you furnish it, you could literally furnish it on a credit card or yep. you know, furnish it for less than $2,000 and then go ahead and you know, your, your, you know, after your first short-term rental, your credit card is paid off or you get your money back, whatever the case may Absolutely. be. Absolutely. Just little things like that. You don't have to go crazy and, yep. and uh, put the best furniture in there. It's not what it, as long as it presents well, that's yep. what you're looking to, uh, you're looking to accomplish. Um, are you doing about the same TJ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I, man, and, and I'll, and I'll add to that, man, if I, if I knew it was okay to even go a little further, I would have waited. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Man. Let's do it. <laughs> no, yeah. So like you said, man, I mean, you, you said a lot of, you said a lot, of, everything you said is, is, is right now. Um, you know, then you get into the furnishing and this can be handled multiple ways. You can, you know, get a business line. You can use a credit card because at the end of the day, if you did your research up front, you know, you'll be able to pay that thing back really quick. You're not even worried about it. Um, so yeah, most leverage that I've leveraged other people now say you yep. you get an arbitrage unit and you tell somebody else say hey i'm i got my arbitrage unit going we've already locked things in how about you give me five grand and uh once i get this thing up and running 
Mm-hmm. I'll make sure that a portion of the income that comes in comes to you directly until you pay back with interest. And it's only going to take, you've already done the math. It's going to take you about three months to get your five grand back plus however much interest 10% interest, 50, whatever that, whatever that looks like, you know, so there are multiple ways to skin the cat in terms of financing to get your units first, especially for your first one. Some people go the rental route. Um, I would only recommend this if you have to um, mm-hmm. rent your furniture because it's going to eat into your cash flow. Mm-hmm. But rent it if you have to. There are a lot of people that got they start renting their furniture. Um, and then, but eventually the goal is to start owning all your furniture because yep. renting will eventually just cost you more money. But it's a great low mate, low cost way to still get your foot in the game. But your goal should always just to be start owning your furniture too. And you furnish that thing and now you list it. Now you, now you, you know, you, you, you communicate with gas, you start taking in gas. And, um, and at the end of the day, you said something because about like the wine and stuff mm-hmm. that reminds me because at the end of the day, the experience is what matters. That's Again, right. That's right, man. Go to a hotel. Go to a hotel. Because you got the, you got the towels, you got the rolls. You got all that. You yep. got all that. It feels good. That's what you want to sell. Exactly. You sell and feel good. Exactly. Right? And, and, you know, the experience matters because yes, this is real estate, but this is hospitality at the like same hospitality. time. Hospitality. You got to be hospitable, it, you know, yep. and there are different tiers that you can have your units in, right? There's a say, and I got to credit Jay Massey on this because he kind of came up with the Walmart targeted Nordstrom model that a lot of us uh, short term hosts use, mm-hmm. right? So you can be at a Walmart level. Which you think about what happens at Walmart, a lot of riffraff, but you can't, but they make money. You think about Walmart, Target, and Nordstrom, they all sell t shirts and they all make money mm-hmm. selling t shirts. Just depends on the quality, depends on that guest avatar. The person that buys a shirt from Walmart may not buy it at Nordstrom. The person that buys a Nordstrom probably can't afford, uh, probably don't uh, want the one at Walmart, right? That's right. The Walmart person probably can't afford that Nordstrom shirt. So it just, it really just depends. And when it comes to furnishing your units, it's like hotel and motel, man. Exactly. You know, it's like a hotel place. and a motel exactly exactly so so you so you can go either way right and when it comes to um furnishing your units you can 100 like now now understand and, and, I, and i say this because times have changed airbnb has been around for 10 plus years mm-hmm. and in the beginning stages you didn't need much you could have just had any any couch there's no maintenance no quality and and that works and that still works to this day depending on what level you at right but understand that with time changes expectations have changed as well so for the folks who want to demand the highest adr your, av- your average daily rate um, you need to make your units hospitable. You need to make sure that the stuff's in there is nice. Now you can cheapen it 100%. You can, but just understand the type of demographic you're going to be serving right. at that level. So, so there's a saying that goes, um, and I got to credit Jay again for this one. He says, cut costs, but don't cut quality. There are certain things you can definitely be savvy with. You can be savvy with a lot and save a lot of money, but there are certain things you want to make sure that you keep quality, like your mattresses for one, right? Because you think about going to Hilton, you expect to sleep good. You expect a good you know, probably not a high-end $2,000 mattress, but a nice, decent quality mattress. And trust me, you don't have to break the bank to get a quality mattress, things like right. that. Things like your pots and pans. Understand that what's stand, one of the things that stands out between you and a hotel is the fact that you have a full kitchen. And when people book Airbnbs, is you can pretty much expect that they're going to utilize that as well. So don't cheapen your pots and pans. That is going to make you look bad if it's too cheapen. And so um, make sure it's your hospitable as well, because that's just going to lead to more reviews and more reviews lead to more bookings and more bookings lead to more some more cash flow coming your way into your pocket. So yeah. that's right. And if you guys want to, uh, you know, really get into a step-by-step process on how to do it, I'm going to encourage you to check the link in the description box and check out my man's uh, uh, program. You know, Absolutely. TJ is definitely the truth when it comes to doing this, man. So you definitely want to 
want to check him out. It's been a real pleasure, bro. I know there's a lot that we could cover. Oh, man. Um, I feel like I was getting warmed up. But yeah, it's been, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm going to encourage the audience to leave a comment in the comment section. Let yeah. me know if you want TJ to come back. People into this, man. We could do a part two of this because I, oh, I you know, there's a lot of information to cover oh, and, and and we only have but so much time to be able to do it right now, man. So yeah. where can our listeners uh find out more uh or you know get in contact with you, man? Absolutely. So uh definitely tap in with me on my Instagram. Um at TJ to Johnny. It's simple like my own brand, you know. So TJ to Johnny. Uh that's TJ T-I-J-A-N-I. And definitely tapping with me there. Always posting great content and uh posting a lot of things that I got going on. So definitely tap in with me. Absolutely, man. And are you currently reading anything right now, man? Oh man, listen. Uh this one. <laughs> This is a good one right here. No B, because I think this is something that we can all use. You know, time management is one of those things. Time management is one of those things that are like that we can all that we can all work on, right? So this book right here, Dan Kennedy, man, the man, Dan Kennedy, yeah, he's a legend in the game uh, as yeah. far as marketing, man. Yeah, I, I actually recommend reading this book like twice a year. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously, he got yeah. a he got a whole no BS um. Brand, yeah. going on, man. It's a whole yeah. thing going on with that, man. I yeah. definitely recommend Dan Kennedy's books, man. Absolutely. He's a he's a let anything you learn about marketing from anybody, they probably picked it up from Dan Kennedy. From Dan, facts, facts. And I'll throw in there another book, uh, when it comes to mat cash flow management, right? And which is so crucial to this to this uh, uh strategy because there's gonna be an influx of cash flow coming your way and being able to properly put them in the right buckets is crucial so profit first is actually required reading oh man another good one man it was funny because i was already utilizing those strategies that he was talking about in the book but his book confirmed it for me and this Mm. was probably five years ago man yeah um mike mccallowicz man yeah mike Uh, mccallowicz yep yeah he's actually he he spoke at one of the masterminds i was a part of definitely two great books i'm gonna link those in the description box for you guys as well so tj man obviously being an entrepreneur is uh it can be difficult but it can also be very rewarding for anybody who gets into their own business do you have any last words for our listeners like anything Mm. that they should look out for getting started in a short-term rental space oh man um i I would i would just say um listen just just start um, even if you just start with a, bed, a spare bedroom in your house, um, that's a lot of people that have hundreds of units now started just that way. Um, but just get started. And again, you know, it's almost like being in a dark room and 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 having like a set of stairs and you got to find your way up to the top of the stairs. But you can only see one step at a time. And that's OK, because you don't have to know everything. You know what I'm saying? You just need to know enough. You need to specialize knowledge. To t- and then you need the execution to take action and just go, you know what I mean? Invest in yourself and, and go. Um, so, so that's, that's pretty much what I would say. And I think um, let's, let's take, I think everybody should have some type of mindset shift coming out of 2020. Mm-hmm. Like seriously, everybody should have some type of mindset shift, especially if you're one that, you know, that, that work a full-time job, even if you love it, that's great. Trust me. I'm never, ever wanted down a full-time job. My full-time job as an engineer helped me get to where I am right now. And so, um, so, but at the end of the day, we should have learned a lot from 2020 and let's make sure we're implementing and not just sitting 
on it in, in 2021 and moving forward. And let's take action to change our income trajectory, our financial blueprint, just in, te- in terms of the way we even think of business. And let's just execute on those and moving forward, especially 2021. Still a lot of time left this year to take action and make this one of the most best years you can have and, 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 uh, and build on that. That's right, man. And the key words there is to take action. I'll, I'll give you guys a little bit of a story before we hop off. You know, back when I first started in the real estate space, I was working in a, I was working on Wall Street after 9-11. I had to go back to the barbershop. So I, I was cutting hair. Um, and after cutting hair every night, my wife and I would jump. Well, she was my girlfriend at the time, but we would jump into a cab and drive cabs until three, four o'clock in the morning wow. to get up. And, you know, we had to hustle. We lived in New York City. Right. Mm. But here's the thing. I didn't own a car. So. This was before arbitrage was even a thing, before Toro was a thing, before hire car, before, you know, Airbnb. We just did. We didn't think Mm. we needed the money. So we did what we needed to do in order to be able to accomplish what we wanted. Right. Mm. So what did I do? I went down to the nearest cab service and I told one of the cab drivers, I will rent your car for one hundred dollars every night and I'll pay you every single night and fill fill the car back up with gas. That was an arbitrage play, and I didn't that even know arbitrage. it. Wow. 19 years old, man. <laughs> that was an arbitrage play. I didn't even know it. That was 20 years ago. I could tell you the story, man. My wife could tell you wow. the story, right? But the whole point is we didn't think about it. We thought about what we needed at the time. Went mm. from the barbershop, uh, rented somebody's car at the cab service, mm. drove to 3 in the morning, made $250, paid him 100 of it, put some gas back in the car. I basically made about 50% of the profit after after all of the expenses, did it every night and didn't even know it was an arbitrage play. So, you know, when you're a hustler, you're a hustler. That's the whole point. Right. But the whole point is to just do it. Don't think about it. Yeah. Because if you think too much, you'll think yourself right out of the game. Absolutely. Right, man. What a story, man. I love that, bro. Man, this is. This has been uh, a real pleasure having you, bro. I'm, I, I definitely want to have you again. Let me know in the comment section if you want TJ to come back and drop some more gems. I would love to have you back, man, and uh, looking forward to it. Make sure you check out the link in the description box as well if you want a step-by-step process on how you can become a rentrepreneur. And definitely check out TJ on IG as well. TJ, man, real pleasure. Looking forward to having you again. And I'll talk to you guys on the next one. Appreciate you, my brother. Thank you. Peace, y'all. Check out my website at reieducationacademy.com. To make it easy, you can just simply go to jamelgibbs.com or check out my YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash jamelgibbs. I'm all over the web whether it be on Facebook slash the Jamel Gibbs or on Instagram at Jamel Gibbs. I'm in LinkedIn as well. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat. Check out all of these platforms for daily content, weekly content, more content from Jamel Gibbs. But if you want to get more in depth, go to reieducationacademy.com. And that's how you can find out more about my training material and how you can get started investing in real estate today. Talk to you later.